Hey all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. I'm your host as always, Roy Turner. Thank you so much for joining us. We've got tickets to give away, we've got gifts, we've got prizes. Make sure you're following, you're subscribing. From the Whiskey A Go-Go, here comes Dave Warrior, my man. We t- chatted with Dave about the Raw After Mania, so it's only it's only right to bring him back so we can cover the 2023 WWE Draft. I hope that you guys are, are, are ready because we're going to have a lot of fun here. Well, of course, I was there live, so I'm going to cover a couple of things that you didn't see. Because as you all know that the first 30 minutes of the of the episode or the tapings from 6.30 to 7 is, well, it's it's for that, that show, the main event. So, so they're not yeah. they're technically not dark matches because they are filmed and all that. But one that's thing I thought, yeah, that's true. But one thing I thought was pretty cool was the opening match was the return of Dana Brooke, who I absolutely love. And, and I would I haven't we haven't seen her for a minute. And she uh, was facing uh, uh, Piper Niven. Uh, yeah, I and, saw your uh, post. Oh, you did see him. Okay, cool. Okay, so, so you're following along on Twitter as well as I hope all of you are on under Twitter under at This Is Wrestling without the G. It's T H I S is Wrestling. Here's here's the thing though. I was grateful that she did it, but. I almost was like, oh, no. So Dana retweeted me right when she got to the back. And after that, my phone exploded to the point where I was worried that my phone battery wasn't going to make it through the whole show. And I had to go out the hallway and charge my phone because after she retweeted me, I got something like it was crazy. It was something like 400 notifications in the next like 10 minutes it just went who retreated it uh dana uh, so so right when dana got brooke got to the back if you go to my twitter stream right now you can see it it's gotten like 8500 views and and like 400 likes it's crazy so the minute she got to the back dana retweeted it and i was like okay this is cool dana brooke retweeted me but I was worried my phone was not going to make it through the whole show because it's a three-hour show. And with all those notifications coming in, my my phone battery was just draining quickly. So I had to run into the hallway and plug my phone in. Um, the next match, I believe, was Akira Tawazawa versus Ali uh, versus oh, yeah. Tazawa Akira. So that's how we kicked the night off. And then we went live from Fort Worth, Texas. Want to thank our friends at Dickie's Arena and give a shout out to Whitney Blake uh, for coordinating us and, of course, our great friends at the WWE. So, first of all, Dave, here's what I want to ask you Do you like the draft? Do you like them doing that once a year? 
I don't mind it, honestly. Um, I thought it was pretty cool that they did a little bit. They did something different this year from their usual drafts the last few years that they were doing that. So, yeah. like, with having different, like, guest, uh, guest drafter, like, kind of like special guests. Yeah, like, 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 like presenters, like the, like the Oscars like, or something, right. Yeah, yeah, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like the Oscars, Grammys, like those. It had that vibe to it, so it's pretty yeah. cool. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking this is like this is how you learn. Like, 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 have you ever done something and then you an inspiration strikes, and then you think, well, why, why haven't we always done it that way? What I think was since they did the whole WrestleMania goes Hollywood, and it seemed like the Oscars and the Grammys. I'll bet you somebody back there thought, well, wait a minute. Since we're doing it like the Oscars, why don't we do the draft like that? It'll be more of an attraction instead of just having Triple H come out there and read them all off or or Adam Pierce. Why don't you know we'll take it because there's a, and also there's a lot of people that live here in Texas, like Shawn Michaels. You know, I you know that I work with with Teddy Long over here at TSW Wrestling. Controversy yeah. creates cash, as the expression goes. That's right, man. And speaking of, and the guy that coined that phrase for his autobiography, were you, as in speaking of special guests, I was very surprised to see Eric Bischoff being oh, yeah. one of those presenters. What, what did you think about that? Was that shocking I to you? I thought it was pretty cool. Like, considering, you know, it's raw and, like, do you remember, like, it was, if if I'm not mistaken, it was like 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, or a little over 20 years ago, I should say, that, like, him and, like, if I'm not mistaken, it was him and Ric Flair that were, like, that were the initial, like, um, when they first started the brand split, I could be wrong on this, but when they started doing the brand split, then they were like, they had to set two general managers, right, one right. for Raw and one for SmackDown. Sure. And they were doing that. Yeah. I I think I want to say Eric Bischoff was one of those guys. That, that's true. Was, and I think it was, it was right after the whole invasion storyline yeah. around 0102. So, yeah, it's, it's right, right around yeah. the 20. I do have a pair of tickets to TSW Wrestling on June the 24th. It's a pair of ringside seats to give away. Uh, and so you're definitely going to want to uh, stick around for that. So I asked you if you like the draft. And I, I do like the draft. I also take issue, in a sense, with the brand split. Like like you mentioned about... um, What is it? You mentioned... The, the guest um right yeah i mean but you mentioned about the whole like invasion storyline because that's really the impetus of why the draft began because they had so much talent that at that point that they it made sense the only well, so they could get more tv time right right so the only yeah, solution like so people wouldn't get lost in the shuffle was to create their own champions and everything else. So while that makes sense to me, I, I, I just, I don't like the idea of two champions supposedly equal. I, I grew up in an era where you was the world champion and the intercontinental champion, and that's it. 
So I'm always going to be loyal to, to that line of thinking. What are your thoughts? Well, on remember that? in that time that we were growing up, there were more than just those two champs. There was also the European title. Remember that? There was also the hardcore title. So yeah, okay. So one thing you like should all know: the mid, all the mid card titles, basically, right? And then the tag team titles. For me, I don't really like, you know, there are these equal champions. That's why I, I was kind of enjoying this Roman Reigns storyline because yeah, I like they've been I, doing the brand split thing since um, the ruthless aggression era. Right. Okay. So, so I, what I'm trying to say was I, I, I said that's why I'm, I'm enjoying the bloodline storyline because I like the idea of one champion. So let me ask you this. So as you know, they have now have revealed a new title. It's going to be exclusive to Raw. Which is an awesome looking belt. By the it's, way. An, it's, it's a kick-ass looking belt. What, what, what are your thoughts on this? Why do you on think the they're doing that? Yeah. Why do you think they're doing this? Um, well, I know that like I was reading, I was reading something about like, you know, like Romans, like kind of like they made like they made him, I guess he turned into a part-time world champ and he wasn't on TV a whole lot. So like that played a factor in my opinion on like him on him on uh sorry on the world title being what it is right now just so they have a full-time champ and not just a part-time champ right you know and and considering he has both two not one but two belts right but i think it's also i I think they're having trouble building yeah and they kind of shot themselves in the foot i thought you know with having with having the titles go on for this long too as long as it has well, I do. I do enjoy that. Is something else that the state. But I, I can remember when the title only changed hands every couple of years. I remember Bob Backlund had it forever. Hogan had it forever. Um, yeah. But what I think is, is I think that they, if they were going to build someone to be able to actually uh, convincingly beat Roman as close as they've come in all this time, that's why it's gone on for so long, because I don't think that they've built anybody that would be convincingly could beat him. The only person I think would have been Cody. And why they didn't pull the trigger on that at WrestleMania, the only answer that I have for that is I just don't think that, that they see him at that level. And I, I gotta be honest, level, yeah. Yeah, and I got to be honest, I don't either. Do you know what I mean? Like I love Cody, but I don't I don't see Cody as a Hulk Hogan or a John Cena. I just don't. I love him, but I just don't. You know? It doesn't mean he does, it doesn't mean that he doesn't have the talent or the charisma or you know. I think it's just be, maybe too many people still just see him as Dusty's son, you know, and don't see him as like anything more than that or something. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Let, let, let's get this, this, some picks here. But and then some, again, hey, if if uh, if uh, if uh, Ric Flair's daughter Charlotte can do it, you know, yeah, you never know. That's so. true. So so uh, you know, and also to kind of explain away, so you're thinking of, of part timer to kind of explain why Brock Lesnar was ineligible for the draft. You saw, and and I was in the agency. 
I was <laughs> in the arena, of course, and you can't imagine because I actually haven't watched like what I sit the screener I sent you. Actually, I haven't watched it yet. I just have my memories from being my notes from being in the arena, bro. The booze that rang out in that building was just like, oh, get, <laughs> they were like, get the fuck out of here with that shit, you know? So, I mean, he is a heel and he could do, honestly, he's at that point in his career that he can do whatever the hell he wants, you know, whenever he, whatever he wants, whatever he wants, you know, like at this point, you know, like, yeah, he's, and he's, and he's honestly, you know, a lot, I know a lot of people don't like it, but he's earned that he's earned that right to do whatever he wants. You know? I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and when he comes out, people do, you know, they kind of lose their minds, man. So, I mean, I, I can appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's, so it's kind of a double-edged sword, you know, but I agree. He's, he's earned it though. You know, it's, it's not, it's not like they had like, I don't know, Fondango doing something like that or something. <laughs> now, hang on. Now, I loved Fondango. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just pulling out a random wrestler out of the hat, honestly. Right. <laughs> I like him too, though. <laughs> so the first match comes up, and I was very happy to see this, except for I'm a massive fan of EO Shirai, or I guess we're calling her EO Sky now. So yeah. I think that they're they're about to try to start pushing her as a singles competitor because the first match was damage control without her. It was Dakota and Bailey, and they came out to face Liv Morgan, the tag champions, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez, who I think look fantastic. I thought they kicked. We talked about this at WrestleMania. I thought they looked great as a tag team. We just had Raquel, a fellow Texan, on this program just a few weeks prior to WrestleMania. I love Liv Morgan. Talk to me about this match. Well, first, I want to say, you know what's a fun fact between... Um, I didn't mention this on the last... Uh, when we last talked. Um, the What Raquel and Liv have in common? What's that? They both were... Uh, Rhea Ripley's tag team partners. Oh, you're right about that. Yeah, that's that's very <laughs> smart. You're right about that. Or and and of course, you know, it didn't they there was kind of an aborted love story angle between Liv and Rhea for a while, wasn't there? I don't know. You're I you, I think you're thinking of uh Liv and Lana during that whole thing oh, with Bruce. That's right, that's right. I was thinking of Lana. You're right about that. Yeah. So I thought both teams looked great. I think that the point of this match was to to elevate, you know, to keep the champs strong, and yeah. it was to establish that this is going to be damage control moving forward. EO is going to be. I don't know. Maybe I was going to say like, I don't know what to think of that match personally, but I was thinking like. It could be away from this. Could be either it could be either damage control's way of splitting, going their separate ways, or or um, Eok is the one that gets kicked out or something, and then they still, and then Dakota and Bailey still continue. 
I think I think that they're getting we're finally giving EO it seems like push. they're teasing something. They're teasing something. I think it's a push for EO because she is criminally underused because she is one of the best on the roster, male or female, hands down. And she's just this like remember three MB? She's just she might as well be Heath Slater and this. You know the third freebird or some shit, and that is not that she has got so much more to offer. Uh, I mean, I don't know if she's the best talker necessarily, but she's definitely like, uh, she's definitely uh, phenomenal in in ring, and like, she's definitely has she definitely has some sort of she definitely has a character about her that stands out for sure. Well, that's why she's been relegated to this because she, she doesn't speak English very well and she needs a mouthpiece like yeah. a Bailey. But she like if she had like a manager or something for her, right? I think she I think it could elevate her. Kind of like like when um you know how briefly how they had they briefly had Sami Zayn being a mouthpiece for Shinsuke Nakamura. Sure, yeah. Something like that, you know, like but what we've proven though is that Asuka, who does not who barely speaks English either, has been able to to do this solo to get herself over with no manager, not because I feel like that a manager would almost hinder Asuka. Whereas I think with EO, it would probably be helpful. It would probably have been elevator more. Yeah, with Oscar well, is a whole different breed, though. I think yeah. of talent. You know? I think so. Like, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's probably why she. It just doesn't seem like she needs one because, like, her presence alone, I think, is really what makes her a standout. Then, whereas with EO, I feel like there is potential, but there just needs to be a bit more umph in her character, mm-hmm. so to speak. I think that's Whereas Oscar, there's plenty of umph in her character. Oh, yeah. There's no lack of umph whatsoever. <laughs> but she's just believable, man. And and you you can't take your eyes off of her when she's out there. When she, from the time she she comes out, you can't take your eyes off of Oscar. You know what I mean? Just she's just so captivating. Yeah, um okay. 100%. So coming up next was the Alpha Academy versus Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Uh, Ricochet, of course, coming out of WrestleMania looking like a million bucks, strong, strong, strong. Um, the finish I was interesting. Like, I, I feel like they're finally getting it right with Chad Gable because when they put him through that whole Shorty G bullshit, it's like it's like you know he he's Bob Backlund, but he's also kind of like Kurt uh, Angle mixed. Yeah, but he's also kind of Fandango. You know what I mean? He, he's also he can do broad comedy. So how do we do? How do we take this pure athlete and also take advantage of his comedic skills? And I think that's where they're finally getting it right and pairing him with Otis. And now, so they're not so boring. Having Maxine Dupree out there, who oh my god, whole I had to literally what, fan. what is her story? What is her story? Like, I know that she had that was it the maximum male models, but like, what's the story? I was trying to figure out what the story is with her and Alpha Academy. How did that whole thing start? Well, because so 
well, her working with the male models that makes you know what I mean it's like of course the the uppity girls with the uppity guys where the contrast is or what makes it makes it work is that she's trying to you know refine Otis and she now refers to him as Otis. <laughs> See that that's that's uh, much okay. I was wondering how like when I heard Corey Graves' commentary, I was like, what did that how did that start? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean that's much more interesting, right? Because Otis is Otis is captivating, right? I mean, he's funny. He he doesn't even say anything. You just start laughing and you're entertained just by even my wife loves Otis. You love Otis, don't you? Justin? Dear, this my wife is telling you right now how much she loves Otis. And the whole Otis, you know, the Beauty and the Beast thing with him and Mandy Rose, that was, yeah, that was fabulous. That was fantastic. So this is yeah. just, I think, another, this continues It was poorly that. ended, but, it, or at least it ended too soon. Yeah. But it, but it was a good storyline for what they were doing, you know? And it shout probably would have been better had, had the... I mean, I think had the pandemic not had happened at that point, I think yeah. they probably would have like done more things with that. And then I guess the writer, from what I can remember, the writer of that script um, between the two, I think they let her go. I think they knew they had gold on their hands. And so I'm glad to see, I bet you she's probably a little pissed to see like, oh, I was right. And I should be, you know, but I think it. I think it works, though. I think it again. It, it helps Chad Gable to captivate on both of his strengths. It gives Otis that same Beauty and the Beast storyline. So the next segment was the showdown between Brock and Cody. Brock comes out with a perfect heel line that I'm sure was written for him before he came out. He's in Fort Worth in full his you know cowboy regalia. And he comes out and says, how does it feel knowing, Fort Worth, that the only cowboy in this room is standing in the ring right now? And so, you know, of course, the crowd, you know, booed him the, the shit. But here's where I want to give a shout out. I mentioned at the top of the program, we're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to Texas Style Wrestling's next event, June 24th in Addison, Texas. We have a great lineup. And here's why I mentioned it was because I know you know this, Dave, but a lot of you out there may not know this. But when you see a spot like that where you had all those guys coming out to, to, to attempt to restrain Brock Lesnar, they're posed as security guards. But in reality, they're local wrestlers. And what the spot is designed to do is to give some local guys a chance to know what it feels like to be out there in front of a big crowd with big talent. So if you watch the spot again, where all those guys in the black shirts that were about to hold back Brock Lesnar, almost every single one of those guys is on our roster at TSW. And you can see those guys in action June 24th. I will be calling the action live ringside. Download the app at TSWplus.com, and it's going to be a great night of action. We've got Tim Storm, Teddy Long will be there. Some of the guys that, that are in the audience is a guy named Bam Bam Malone, Frank Stone, 
a great night of wrestling. And whoever messages me right now, the very next person that wants them, you got them. So I'll pick a winner here in just a, a tiny little bit here. Um, what did you think of that exchange between Cody and and Brock? Did it did it do what it needed to do? I mean, I think so. I don't think they needed to do anything more than what they've already been doing with that story. Because it's like, you know, finish the story. You know, you just got to just, uh, you know, this is his story of like have, having to overcome obstacles by beating Brock Lesnar at Backlash. So we'll see, you know. Right. Okay. And that's what we my, want to- my votes on him. My votes on def- are definitely on him you know, winning for sure. I definitely would have liked to see them more. I, I, I would have liked to see Cody throw more than just the one punch, but you know, with the, all the security there, you know, that was happening. So yeah. Well, <laughs> well again, our, our TSW guys are some tough motherfuckers themselves. So, you know, yeah, um, I think they're just also, that's just part of the storytelling that they're doing between the two, because they know that Cody wants a piece of him. They know that, that he wants to kick his ass for what he did to him at the Raw after Mania. So. Right, sure. <laughs> but I feel like that this little thing is bullshit, though, because, I, you know, it's like after... I'm surprised they waited until that... They waited until this past Raw that, you know, for that to tell that story. I thought they would have told that already. Like, they waited a whole month for it. That's weird. Well, maybe maybe because they they needed this for for backlash. That that's that's going to be the payoff there. But I got to tell you right, I got to tell you right now though. I you just saw Cody and Roman, so you would think they would be building towards the rematch, but instead they've taken Cody completely out of that picture. Now there's this other title belt. And now Brock Lesnar is in the picture. Nobody is going to believe that Cody. And Cody's on Raw, right? But do you believe? I mean, but if Cody beats Brock, is that believable to you? Because I, I would have trouble with that. Um. If okay, so if if by if by con- contrary that like he actually doesn't win if he actually does win it'll probably be some sort of there'll probably be either interference or, or dq for this okay but because yeah i don't so think anybody's gonna win clean just so, just so it protects both opponents i right. would say you know if there was like a dq finish right so you're but, saying no, nobody's gonna win clean on Saturdays? What you're saying? I don't think. Yeah, if if anybody wins, if if Brock were to win, it definitely won't be clean. Got it. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I would say if Brock were to win, it won't be clean. If I had to take a guess. Well, you and I, what, what we will do is you and I will have a recap on Monday of the event. Have the peacock, so I'll be watching. Okay. Good. <laughs> I was gonna tell you because if you don't, I will I will send you uh I will send you a login and password if you need it there. So to get you get you squared away there. All right, so let's let's cover some ground here. So after that happens, um here comes Matt Riddle uh versus Jimmy Uso. Uh this to me kind of felt like 
you know, just I don't know. It it's felt just like, like a like a regular, like a any other match that they previously had. It would have been one thing if it was solo Sokoa, but yeah, this didn't do anything. I, I, yeah. That which is actually where we get. I know we're jumping too quick here, but like, which is probably why I thought like the Seth Rollins and Solo Sokoa match was a little random. Like, yeah, I thought it, it felt random. I thought it could have been like that. Could have been Matt Riddle like against Solo. I don't yeah, know. Or sure. or they, they or they could have at the very least gone one on one at Backlash. Oh, for sure. Okay. Let's get back to the draft just for a second before we get on to the next match here, because the next match is just a squash match with Omos. Um, I did want to say this. Some people know this, some people do not, but Matt Riddle is currently dating a porn star named Misha Montana, and we just had Misha. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our great sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. And I wanted to tell you guys, you got to want to make plans right now. The Ubi Doobie Festival is just around the corner. It is coming. April 22nd to the 23rd, two huge nights at the Panther Island Pavilion in Fort Worth, Texas. It's a great location. I've been out there a hundred times. I've performed out there uh, for some of the some, some bigger raves out there uh, and bigger events. Disco Donnie presents Ubi Doobie. And man, the lineup is just like a like a murderer's row of all your favorites from Cascade to to Rez and Pauline Her. Oh, man, it's going to be uh, just a great, great two days. Get your tickets now at ctickets.us. That's ctickets. That's S-E-E tickets.us. There's also some pretty cool um, packages, you know, for like tickets and hotels. And you can get that uh, at fuseexperience.com. That's F-U-S-E experience.com. Man, I'm going to be out there. Uh, for both nights check this out it's going to be really really cool and just a great great experience uh, and that's not the only thing that disco donnie has on the docket here definitely check them out at disco donnie to see all they've got coming up there's the big so what festival coming up in june uh, and so much more this summer get involved uh, with disco donnie and i will see you at ubi doobie on April 22nd and the 23rd. See you there. Program. Now back to the action. training to be, to wrestle. And in, in, in Los Angeles, are you familiar with XPW? Yes. I've heard okay. of it, but I never actually watched like their programming or their, yeah, they're trying not, like their shows. Yeah. They're trying some sort of like ECW. It's very violent. It's not my thing at all, but. Is it similar to GCW? No, it's like it's like ECW. It's like you know, with all the blood and gore and guts, and it's just, it's it's very very violent, very adult. Uh, Jasmine St. Clair, who was also a former porn star, we who also we just had on the show, like her and Misha are having this like battle of the porn star thing on there. But Misha is awesome. So is Jasmine. Just ran into Jasmine at WrestleCon. I was wearing the shirt that she sent me after 
she was on the show and I and I didn't realize it. And I see her and she's like, oh my God, you're wearing, and I was like, oh yeah, I am, you know? It's me and the, it's like the thing with Alexa, your club, man. It's like me and the t-shirts are, are we're, we're, we're popping, man. We're making it happen. Um, but I wanted to say this, getting back to the draft for a second. Does the draft matter? Like, cause when, when somebody comes out and they go, okay, in the next round, in the next pick, now we've enhanced it, like you said, with different presenters. But when they announce who is going where, does it really make a fuck at all to you as a viewer about who goes where? Uh, Do you really give a shit? Yes, yes and no. Okay. Like, I think the only time I, I think it... It, it wouldn't matter to me just watching it because I'm just watching it to be entertained at the end of the day. But like, if I'm like, but what would make it interesting? What, what my concern with this draft and also the belts, as you mentioned earlier with the world, the world title belt is like the, um, that they will lose focus on like unintentionally lose focus on the US and IC belts. Okay. Like they probably wouldn't be, I don't think that they would, um, it, you know how like Triple H kind of made them kind of relevant and mean something again? Right, sure. Since, yeah, like, like with this new belt, I'm like kind of, I'm kind of afraid that it's going to, draw attention away from it so do you okay that makes sense but but the ask is so so do you care about the u.s title and the intercontinental belt i mean i mean are you invested in that because if you're worried about them going away that that would suggest yes um yeah no i do i do think that they're 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 important because they do have like a lot of history like with like they've there's a history of wrestlers who won those uh those belts in well, sure. the last what, two, three decades? At least three decades. Well, I can remember a time when the Intercontinental Belt was a big freaking deal. And yeah. you know, I'm talking about going all the way back. They're trying to-, to bring its prestige back, in which they had been for the last like year or two. But it's so. still, but it still seems it's about the, the 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 brand split though, because it's kind of like okay, we've got this belt on SmackDown, then we have the U.S. belt over on Raw. We've got this belt and the inter- it's like the U.S. and Intercontinental are only meant to be peers for the sake of the brand split. Once again, it's what it feels like. You know what I mean? To yeah. me. The U.S. title doesn't mean jack shit. It hasn't meant anything since the NWA dissolved in whatever, 1988 or whatever it was. Uh, You know, John Cena facing Austin Theory for the U.S. belt, it it means nothing to me. I've never felt anything for that title. What about WrestleMania 20 when he won his first belt with the the first time being U.S. champ against the Big Show? Well, I was there in new york city when that happened and you had just moved away right you you had just i was already gone by that point yeah (laughs) i was already i was already i was already here in cali (laughs) yeah that was that was like 2000 i want to say four i want to say when that was yeah i would have been i was like 
I was like 18 at the time or 17. Okay. So I okay. Probably, yeah, I was definitely 17 at the time. So I would have okay. never been. But I've, I've never felt anything about that. But I guess what I want to ask is this. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to ask the people that are watching right now, too. I see you guys asking questions. Is that what does the draft mean? Like when somebody goes here and when somebody goes there, okay, in round three, we choose blah, blah, blah. And what they're expecting is for the audience to have an invested investment in that. But what is that? Like, why, why would you care where, why, where anybody went? What, what, what would you care about that? You're asking the, them I'm, asking, or you asking? I'm asking them and you. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Well, for me, it's just more like, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle with it. Like, I'm not that affected by it, but I'm also, like, intrigued to know what's going to happen, like, next when all these draftees happen. And it, it honestly, it could give chance for, um, I mean, what, oh, another thing we didn't mention that was unique about this draft is they drafted people from NXT to the main roster. That's true. So that could be a stepping, that was a stepping stone in that sense for the the stars in NXT to be on the main roster because they didn't do that in the previous drafts. So that's what makes this draft different from the other ones. So, so to me, that, that, that right there to me is that's what's at stake. Okay. Yeah. If Rhea Ripley goes from Raw to SmackDown, or if what's the other way now? Other way around right now. Right. But if LA Knight go goes from one to the other, what do we care? But with NXT now, now something's at stake. Someone has been called up. Yeah. Okay to the main roster and then you see the tearful you know what i mean like you're not seeing rhea ripley crying in 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 gratitude because she she was you know what i mean no but you did see that like with, like with i don't alba know if you watched it on the tvs when you were live but when they were at the performance center yeah with alba fire like to me like a throwback of what they did when they first first started the draft yeah yeah, the very yeah. first time they started the brand split. Yeah, like they did that with the superstars in the back. They see like, you know, like I said, it used to be a big deal. Right. Now it's right. like it first started, but not so much now. But with the way they're doing it now, it kind of feels like a big deal because it's, it's sure. because it's NXT stars going into the main roster. It's like 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 that. You know, you're doing something right, or you're a big deal. If you're going to the main roster from NXT, right? It, it has that, that. It has that sports like going from the you know that's what they're trying to mimic yeah. everything. The press conferences, the post show wrap ups. Yeah. Now a draft, they're trying to mimic legitimate sports. It's kind of so, like it's kind of like um, a college football player getting into the NFL for the first time okay. or something. But what that's about kinda, I'm trying to look at it? I agree with that, but let me tell you this though. Okay. Let me let me let me put this question to you. So as cool as it is to see Alba Fire and whatever Dawn get chosen, there's legitimate emotion there. You're a part of this and you get to see that ascension. You get to see it in that capacity. 
would you rather see that than like I was in New Orleans the night that Paige debuted the day after WrestleMania and faced AJ Lee? Would you have liked to have seen Paige be drafted? Or would you like for her to be the big surprise at the Raw after Mania? You see my point? Which one do you think is more exciting and it helps the product? Well, it also helps that they don't that the reports, the reporters and the dirt sheets don't grab that information ahead of time. Because then, like, it would be even a bigger surprise. Like, remember when, um, like, for the Royal Rumble last year, for example, how, like, we did, like, they were, like, telling us on how, like, oh, Lita's going to be there and such and such. Like, all some of the legends that were going to be in the Rumble, like, and, and like. They need to sell it, yeah. They were, yeah, they were doing it at a time. But I understand both sides, like. I understand both sides in the sense that, like, it loses its sense of, uh, of of a shocking moment. Yeah. When when we read the information ahead of time, because but, like, that, but I, I I feel like that that Alba Fire just showing up on SmackDown or Raw would have yeah. a much bigger impact than already know she's coming because of a draft. For example, I think the only people that would not know is people that don't pay attention to what's on the internet. That's the only people that would get really surprised and shocked by it. But I'm but I'm one of those people because I, I don't give a fuck about that do or don't. I'm one of those people that do, do not read. I don't give a fuck about Dave Meltzer. I don't give two shits about the Wrestling Observer and the Dirt Sheet. Okay. I paid I purposely pay no attention to that shit because I oh, want that helps. To be, that helps. Because I want to be surprised. But here's what I mean though. Do you remember when Stephanie McMahon appeared on Raw and she brought out Sasha Banks, Charlotte, and Becky one at a time? That was during the time I wasn't watching wrestling, but I did see like the the, the playbacks of those. That was so, pretty cool. So I feel like that that's more effective than a draft and i i and i i get why they're in it's love a different time too yeah for when sure they did, when they were doing that so okay so I don't, there, I don't even think there was a legitimate brand split at that point as well it was like a super the super show yeah like, like a clusterfuck right exactly so, get, <laughs> so getting back yeah. to the program there was a quick little squash between omos and some jobber named anthony alanis um then, okay, let's talk about this for a second. I try my best not to use too much of insider nomenclature. Like when I, like when, if you and I were at the fucking rainbow having a beer, you and I can do bump, squash, shine, uh, you know, sell. We, we, you and I can talk like that. But when I do this, I try not to do that. Okay, but fair enough. I don't but, know where you're getting at, but fair enough. <laughs> okay, so but I have to use a term here because I think it's appropriate because I was there and witnessed it firsthand. Does Dominic Mysterio have go away heat? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, not as much compared to somebody like Baron Corbin, but. Well, um, I, I think it's a fine line, honestly, between go away heat and legit heat. 
I don't think it's a I don't know if it's I, I, I don't know if it's uh uh I don't know. It's I think it's borderline between genuine heat and just like I don't want you in my TV screen kind of heat. So <laughs> it's, it's I don't know. It's it's that's pretty good. He's obviously doing something right, I think, okay. in my opinion, that, to generate that much like heat from the crowd. They're okay. like, or he's doing something very, very wrong. And that's, do you know what I mean? You know, let me, let me say this uh, very quickly. I mean, hey, like, you know, it's uh, what, what's the expression? Uh, bad press is good press. Sure. <laughs> but, but at the same time, how's this though? I don't think that there's a fine line between nuclear go away heat and legitimate we love to hate you heat. I think it's very defined. I think it's very clear. Okay. You think it's you think it's just go away heat only? Well, no, I, I don't because in I, you said something very very poignant. I think that it's one thing we've never seen before. This is what's interesting to me about Dominic, is because like I just said, it is normally historically very defined it is either yeah i mean there's like there's veteran guys that have like complimented his work over the years even like even it even um even mjf like complimented his work too right you know even if he even although he stayed in character still right right right. he still like right gave him some say gave him some praise you know, right. and that's then that should be a big enough deal, you know, For coming sure. from I mean, him. I mean, that, that has that has uh, obviously currency. But what I mean is, I don't know if we've ever seen those two worlds collide the way we have with Dominic, because I think that that it's it's not 50 50. I mean, let's be clear. I mean, it is it is 75 percent go away heat. And the difference between him and Baron Corbin is that Baron Corbin's dad is not a Hall of Famer currently still on the fucking roster. I mean, everybody's going to that's just that's just natural with anybody that's a second third fourth generation you know like because it i think a lot of times it's like we try to put the emphasis on like oh they have to be better than their than their predecessors or their like the people the the guys the the parents that are family members that came before them they have to be better than them or equal to them and that and honestly i don't think I don't think that that should be the case that they have to be there. They have, they have to be themselves, but work even harder, you know, like, okay. How do you think, like, how do you think Char- somebody like Charlotte managed to, cause dude, every, like everyone always associates her with Ric Flair because just sure. because like, she's Ric Flair's daughter, but it's like, she still had, it doesn't, but just because she's Ric Flair's daughter doesn't mean that she's any less talented or any less of a workhorse or that she doesn't put in the work and the time and effort to her character and to her everything. Okay, but here's what, here's what so I'm saying. Kind of but here's what I'm saying. though. I'm saying that in that case, it's almost a detriment to Charlotte that she's Ric Flair's daughter. In Dominic's case... It's the opposite. When I said it's 75-25, if he wasn't 
Rey Mysterio's son, I think it would be 100%. And I think the reason why people dislike him so you think people much, would like him more if he wasn't uh, a second generation? No, they or would, you think that people would hate him more. They would hate him more. That's my point. Okay. The only oh, thing that, I see. the only thing that's keep, like it's a life preserver. The only thing that's keeping him there is that connection. So it's not like the thing with Charlotte where he's got to overcome it. For him, it's the only thing keeping him afloat right now because when you, he, you, you know another 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 um solid point too to add to what you're saying i think a lot of a lot of people a lot of they a lot of it i think just based on ob- being observant um i think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that he never started in nxt first before jumping point. to the main roster That's he just jumped to the main roster and pretty That's much worked his I doing think that. I think a like lot a, of it has to do with that. I think if had it had he had started at NXT before jumping to the main roster, I think people would probably feel differently about him. I guess. And under maybe like a Braun Breaker, like under a different yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you don't know that Braun Breaker is Steiner's son unless somebody tells you. I didn't know it. I didn't know that was Scott Steiner or whatever Scott Steiner's son until until somebody told me. So I think you're right. I think well, I, I already knew it was only because they were teasing him coming to the company in the beginning anyway. They just didn't use the name Steiner on WWE programming. They just but that's used what I mean, a, though. That's what I mean though. If he had gone through uh you know NXT without using Mysterio I think we'd see something, but I will say this though: I I did think it was. Uh, it's a tough call. I, I mean, thought it was hard. Like we talked about on WrestleMania, I bet it was hard to see his family celebrating in the ring without him. Because if, if that's his son, he wants to, you know, he wants to actually legitimately be there. When you know when Ray brought you know Aaliyah and Angie, his wife and daughter, into the ring there. Okay, we got we got 13 minutes. So let me let's get to this very quickly. I want to give a quick shout out um to ring announcer Samantha Irwin, who I think has brought so much to this product. Her there there hasn't been anybody really since Howard Finkel that when they're about to do an announcement that I run from the bath if I'm not present. That I want to go. Oh my God, I want to hear. I think she brings so much to the product. It don't hurt the fact that she's fine as fuck as well, but she is just a once in a generation talent. And she's been so kind to me and our conversations. We hope to have her on this very program very, very, very soon because I have a lot of questions for Samantha I would like to ask. Okay. Uh, All right, so let's check this out here. Uh, Just a few things here. Um, uh, You didn't see Carmella because Carmella just announced that she's pregnant. pregnant. That that explains why we hadn't seen her in the last, like, month or so. And if you (laughs) haven't seen how she told Corey Graves, her stepchildren, how she did it. I'm not going to give it away. Go on to Twitter, go to the WWE feed. We retweeted it on our feed, so you can find it on our feed as well. It's absolutely adorable, and it's a great, great moment. I can't, I, I really hope you check it out there. 
Um, let's see here. Uh, we didn't see Alexa Bliss, my favorite. She's currently doing a show called That's My Jam because she's a big 90s nerd. Uh, and she's on there with Jimmy uh, Fallon. And she did like a Blink-182 song and just killed it. She can actually can sing as well, by the way. Um, so to, to wrap things up with a few things before we get to our backlash preview, uh, after we see the Judgment Day, like I mentioned before, when Dominic came out in that arena in Fort Worth, the place just booed him back to the fucking Stone Age. And then, of course, the main event, of course, with, was Seth Rollins versus Solo Sokoa. Like you mentioned, it didn't really make any sense, and it felt very, very random. So now you're going to hear from our sponsors, and we're going to quickly go through uh, our predictions for Backlash coming this Saturday, May 6th, live from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Uh, let's see here. Um and let's see what's coming up here. Uh, pre, let's see here. Okay, let's see what's happening there in terms of actually. You know what? I should go to maybe I could go here instead. They sent me the press release, so I'm just going to bring that up very, very quickly, um, and so I can give you an up to date in terms of what the matches are going to be. Okay, here we go. So here's the press release in WWE. Okay, the matches are it's going to be Matt Riddle, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn versus the Bloodline, Sola Sokoa, J and Jimmy Uso, of course, with Paul Heyman. So, okay, very quickly, who do you have in that match? Who would benefit the most in that instance of how that should be played out? Kevin, Sammy, and Matt. Yes. And but what's at stake there? Because if they don't win, what is Roman's reaction going to be? Ah uh, man, that's a good question. Uh, I guess there's only one way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's that that is very uh very true there. Uh let's see here. Um let's go to this part here. Let's see here again. And you're still there with me here. Okay, so let's see here. Uh all right. Uh moving on here. Let's see. Um then of course it's the Cody versus Brock Lesnar. Again, I, I got to be honest, I don't give a shit about this. I think that this is just a distraction from what should really be taking place. Uh, and I, and it, it, you know, I feel like Cody kind of has to win this one. Is that right? Yep. I mean, that's that's the right call, right? But, but, but as you mentioned earlier, nobody is going to win clean in that match. Um, up next is, I appreciate it. Because I love, as we established earlier, I love Zelina Vega so much. But if this match was not in Puerto Rico, she would not be challenging Rhea Ripley. This is a way to make Rhea, to make Zelina whole after they fucked her over 
on 9-11 last year. Her dad, of course, passed a, was in one of those planes. So to not make that mistake twice, they've got to have the Puerto Rican gal on the card. This battle buddy. <laughs> yeah, but they they need that connection there. But there ain't no way in hell she's winning. So I, I hate that, that how predictable this match is going to be because she still deserves better because I love her so much. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, they can win. They can't win them all, you know, so. Yeah. Next up also feels very random. Seth Rollins versus Omos. Does anybody care? That one is very random. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I, even I like, and I'm usually, don't, and I usually don't speak so down on these, on these match cards, but that one was, that one's definitely a random one. Yeah. For sure. Now, next up. Like is- the Brock Lesnar and Omos one made sense at Mania. But this one, uh, no. I don't know. It just uh, that's yeah. like that's more of a match that's like meant for like on TV, not on right. the paper. Just yeah. Next is Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley versus Bronson Reed. This also, oh, be, yeah, for the good. for the US, it'll be a good match. But they didn't have anything for Bobby at WrestleMania. They need to do something with Bronson. There's a Latin connection there too. This kind of feels like bullshit too, right? Hey, man, as a person of color, I can't hate on it. No, I'm not <laughs> hating on it for those reasons. I, I, I'm saying that, <laughs> I know, I know. that it's happening for those reasons, and it should. But I'm just saying, like in terms of being predictability, there's no way Austin Theory isn't leaving there still the champion. And I'm just saying that it shouldn't be that predictable. That's my point. You know, um, I don't. I, I wouldn't be able to like say who would win that one. You know, anyway. So I, I can't really comment on that one. Okay. Next up is like I mentioned before, EO Sky is getting the push. She's facing Bianca Belair one on one. I would love to see her win. I don't think she's going to win, but I think that, that this is the first step of making EO look a lot stronger and stepping out of the shadow of yeah. control. Your thoughts? I mean, you definitely don't need to have a title to get over for sure so like i think this will definitely be like a push for her like to showcase her talents you know what she can actually do on the on solo you know because i don't think if i'm not mistaken i don't think they actually i don't think she's actually had um a, a singles pay-per-view match on the main roster before. This is it. This is this that's what I'm saying. I this, think this is a, right this is the I, first I, step to get yeah. her is part of that conversation. I don't think she's going to win, but I, I would love to see her win. But I think that this is the first even if step she doesn't that. win, I think it would still be a good match. Like, you know, they both were both were both the uh, competitors are at the top of their game. Yeah, you know, like they're that they're you know they're putting each other over in some spots where yeah. it doesn't feel like where it doesn't feel underwhelming. Sure, you know, I think like it won't feel like it's like I don't think it's gonna feel like it's on on um like a t- regular TV match or something. Sure, like it'll probably be like a highlight or like a throwback of like their NXT days when they fought there. 
because they do have history and i think that's important yeah. too you know because of the history right now uh and that's coming from someone that doesn't that doesn't really watch a lot of nxt that's just yeah. like you know well i watch nxt I've observed, so. i watch nxt for one reason and that's cora i i had a feeling you were gonna say her name i had no idea why <laughs> well first of all aj lee is my all-time favorite wrestler ever and you know that there's this kind of this groundswell of people that are coming of age that grew up watching AJ, Roxanne Perez being one of them. I've had the privilege of calling several of Roxanne's matches when she was under the name Roxy. And, uh, and Cora used to wrestle here in Texas under the name of Elena Black. Now, I never, I never called her matches, but I did see her. And dude, I love her all day and all night. I love her so much, man. I think she is the, the most exciting thing in NXT and one of the most exciting things in all of professional wrestling. I she is a star. Okay. Three minutes to go here. I I know why they're doing this, but can Bad Bunny? And Damian Priest carry maybe live in Puerto Rico, but to people like us that are going to be watching it on Peacock Network, can those two carry a main event? You never know until you find out, right? <laughs> Is it really? Are they really main eventing? They're headlining. That's the main event. I mean, I guess it makes sense from a storyline point of view and the fact that it's in their hometown. But I, I'll say this. I think Damien is also underutilized. And these guys are knocking on Triple H's door. So this is a way of like, okay, okay, Zelina, we got you covered. Okay, Damien, we got you covered, you know. But and there's also history between the two. Remember, they were WrestleMania teammates. I, that, that, that's right. That's right. So I feel like, the, but here's the thing, though, too. I was very impressed with, out of all the non-wrestlers, I think Bad Bunny, and here's the thing. I don't, I didn't even know who the fuck he was. I don't have, I had no idea who he is. But yeah, he's, he's famous in Puerto Rico for being a reggaeton uh, right. rapper singer. But I was in Tampa. I think like he's was... not like, which is interesting because it's like, yeah, like he's not, he's uh he's huge in the Latin community, but in the English speaking community, is a different world. I yeah. guess it just depends on what you know. If you don't, if you don't listen to like that kind of music too, that's probably why. Yeah. Like if you're not exposed to the Latin, Latin culture and music, then you're probably not going to know who he is. But I also saw him do that thing with Booker T. When Booker, Booker T. T. Yeah, I saw that too. And it was like the music was so god awful that I thought it, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was supposed to be bad. Like I like I was like I thought this is like and I was like oh wait no people actually are digging on this okay all right okay but I was there in Tampa he sells out he sells out every show that he's toured on so yeah. he must be doing something right something right someone likes it 
but I was in Tampa when he wrestled. So I saw him wrestle that event firsthand and he was great. Oh, you were there live for that? Oh yeah. And so not only that, but it was, it wasn't like he was like good for a non-wrestler. He was just good. He was just really athletic and talented and, and he grew up. Cause cause he's one of those guys that generally cares about the product and he's also a huge wwe wrestling fan as well well he would so have to be it, he it, would have it, to be because it helps it yeah. helps that he put like he like like triple h said in that in that press conference he didn't have to put in that work he no. chose to do that because he loves and respects the business and, and he would have to because it'd be the same thing with logan paul yeah you know they're like i feel like anytime they get into a match it's always the it's always the 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 people that have the low the lowest expectations of these kind of matches with these guys are like the matches that end up being the best yeah <laughs> if but, you but, notice that. but like you said though this guy is one of the biggest stars in the world he ain't got to be being thrown through tables unless he wants to be thrown through tables. You see my point? Yeah, you know? and, he, and, he, and he brings more eyeballs to the product. That's so in, right. any, if, in any case, it's a win-win for the company. And he doesn't embarrass, and he doesn't embarrass himself in the ring. He looks good. No, so. it's not. It's not like he's like a you know. With all due respect to like guys like Johnny Knoxville and some of the other ones, you know, we've seen. Yeah, those you know, guys. He, yeah. He, these guys have actually put in the time and effort, right? You know, and, have, to, and have and are in a, and also in a physical uh, capacity to pull this off. I don't think this main event would happen in Chicago, but I think no. it might work for Puerto Rico. Okay, well, yeah, because they both, you know, they're both Puerto Rican. They're both Puerto represent, yeah, you know, um, and they both have a following there. Yeah, so yeah. It, so it makes sense. So we'll have to do a follow up uh, on Monday after we both have seen yeah. the backlash card here. Once again, it wouldn't be the- much different than what happened. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go, it go wouldn't ahead. be much different than what happened in um, Elimination Chamber when they had Sammy, Sammy Zayn, and Roman as the main event. You know, because that was like Sammy's hometown. Right. You right. Know? Sure. I, I, that so, brings a lot of currency similar. there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll or find out. Stratus wrestling there. And- yeah, and they never done it before there, so it also covers some ground there too, and it brings it to the people, and it's it's it's, it's great market research, all those wonderful things. So you guys will. So the next time you'll see Dave and I will be next Monday. We will be doing a recap for Backlash. Again, want to thank our sponsors, HelloFresh. Make sure you click the follow subscribe button. Use that code, you know, eat healthy, 21 free meals, including free shipping. Again, want to thank our friends at New Belgium uh, for sponsoring uh, the show this week and everything else. Want to thank my special guest, special commentator, my man, Warrior Dave, coming at us live from Whiskey A Go-Go, high above the Sunset Strip in Hollywood, California. Thank you for enjoying This Is wrestling saturday we'll make a plan to do a watch during the show and regroup on monday so until then again i'm your host roy turner for dave the warrior we'll see you this weekend 
Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time and be sure to join us next week for more in ring action.